Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are joined by prolific artist and author Rabbi Yona Weinrib. Thank you Rabbi Weinrib for coming down to Art Scroll. My pleasure. And we're here to talk about many things, but first of all, your brand new release, The Childhood Treasury. Let's start there. Just tell our audience what the new book is about and uh, you know how much work went into it. It's exciting. Uh, this was my COVID project. And uh, over the course of the last number of months, it really completed a series. I started with a book years back, uh, the Rennet Family Commission, a book on Bar Mitzvah, which went back to the, uh, to the 90s for Mr. Rennet's son, Ari. And we started, I worked together with a good friend and colleague, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Solomon. We created a book about Bar Mitzvah, the history, the customs, the stories, the halachos about Bar Mitzvah. We evolved from there. Um, I did the work su subsequently on Bat Mitzvah, which another segment. So we actually have here the Bat Mitzvah treasury, the Bar Mitzvah treasury, and the wedding treasury. Yes, and that, that really completes the cycle, but I had never had an opportunity to do the first part of, uh, of life, which represents from birth till Bar Bat Mitzvah. Uh, it was an exciting endeavor. The Halpern family commissioned the work and it really deals with everything of life cycle celebrations from that, that period of time, even before birth, uh, before a child is born. What are the concepts? What's happening? Uh, and we go through the different things based on Havas Alvavas and the research and the background and the history and, of course, artwork, which deal with the different uh, aspects of life before the child is born, once the child is born, uh, and the different stages of development, uh, including uh, Kiddush for a girl, uh, Bris, Shalom Zohar, the uh, different aspects of Pidyon Haben, uh, Upsharon, if that's uh, for, for those who keep the custom, and many, many areas of Chinuch, including aspects of uh, professional perspectives on Chinuch. We, uh, we've dealt with some of the uh, major educators and people who were in the field of Chinuch, uh, including the contemporary ones, as well as the, the, uh, the Eish Kodesh, the PSS, the Rebbe, Hashem Yim Kondomo, who authored volumes about chinuch and discussing how you can give the chinuch the children uh, of every era. And it's something, it was something which was certainly applicable uh, then, back in the Warsaw Ghetto, uh, and hundreds of years earlier, and uh, today as well. We deal with stories uh, also dealing with different segments of bris and uh, raising children. And it was a phenomenally exciting work, getting to see all the different aspects coming together. It's nearly 300 pages. Uh, and I worked together with my son, Rabbi Avram Weinrib, and my son, Rabbi Benjamin Weinrib, and of course, the graphic artistry of my daughter, Yunina Hartstein, who helped design and create the formatting of all the books, has added a tremendous dimension to the completed work as well. Seeing, seeing their childhoods growing up uh, made it that much more uh, impressive. It was really dedicated to all of my children, Baruch Hashem, uh, each successful in their own right. And uh, seeing the childhood come to fruition uh, is a book for, was, was very, very meaningful for me. Now your works are very, very unique, almost unlike anything that we see in the from world. It's really, your, your, your work is one of a kind, your, your art, which is complemented by your scholarly writings. But to, let, let, take us back a bit. You've been doing this, I think, 45 years. Approximately, yeah. Um, firstly, wh where did you grow up? What were the influences in your youth? The, uh, it's interesting that I started out of town. Out of town means out of New York, out of Lakewood, out of any of the big cities. My parents um, were survivors. Uh, I consider myself a survivor as well. 
they went through the concentration camps. My father went through Auschwitz. He was, grew up in Pietrakov in Poland, uh, where, the, where Mayor Shapiro was the rub of the city. I was fortunate to go back together with some of my sons to Pietrakov this past summer. Uh, we went back to the place where my father grew up and was saved. He was literally saved uh, miraculously from the ghetto in Pietrakov. Uh, l- later sent to Auschwitz, and then they, they had the, the stamina, the amuna, the will to continue to, to, to build. And he and my mother were married in the DP camps in Germany. They came over to, to Connecticut. Why Connecticut? Why New Britain, Connecticut of all places? Uh, that was the city that was willing to take in refugees. They were the first refugees in New Britain. And uh, my sister, who was born in Germany in the DP camps, came along also. Uh, to America, the new country, they spoke no English. And uh, it's interesting that my mother, Allah Shalom, saved a, a report card from kindergarten in New Britain, Connecticut. And the teacher, I must say she was very perceptive, she said that Yona is a quiet and dependable child, and he works well in art, and he expresses himself with clever and mature ideas in art and language. Wow. From a, for, a, for a five-year-old kid to be... A, Notice, I guess, at some point there was something which was there, but uh, I enjoyed art from early on, but again, it's a hobby. It's not, mm-hmm. not, not something which really can be taken uh, to be done as a career. Uh, I, I took a detour later on, but I think the, the, where it begin, began to take shape really was in high school. And I think that very often that really... Where was that? Where did you go to I was in Yeshiva, Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, a day school kid who left after eighth grade to go to the, the, uh, the big Yeshiva, Philadelphia. And, and I think very often that the, the two loves that I have, the love of learning and the love of art, really came together. Uh, as I got a, got a deeper appreciation for, for learning on a serious level, a day school is a day school. And, and I am Makato very much for the uh, influences that they gave me as a child. Uh, we learned diktuk, actually, in, in day school, which was okay. certainly helpful. And um, working with, uh, in, 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 within the faculty uh, of the school was helpful, but you have to be prepared for learning as a, as a Talmud in yeshiva, and they made yeshiva like Philadelphia. And as I began to learn more, of course, my doodling took on a different thing. People remember that I used to doodle on the sides of my, uh, my notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but the love of the learning, the love of the letters, and the, and the, really, the calligraphy was really the first part of my uh, venture into the, into the field. The, the letters were something which are fascinating. The, the tzuras oisias, the, uh, the formation of the letters, and in a Sefer Torah, the, the exactitude that you have to have um, but again, there's, there's no artwork in the Sefer Torah. It's mm-hmm. very, very exacting. Uh, in, in some way, it's because of the, the strict nature of the letters, uh, there's no artistic expression in, in working with, um, with the Sefer Torah. But uh, the letters and the, the meanings of the letters, the examples of the letters, the uh, part of the learning Tanakh was something which is also very pivotal. And Tanakh and Medrash all came together. And when you see the, the, the vastness of, of what Chazal have to offer, uh, it's overwhelming. And then uh, as I worked with that, I began to do work in the field uh, in calligraphy. I think the first... Uh, this, was, this was still when you were single as a bacher? I was or? a bacher, yeah. I was a oh. bacher. I started doing some, uh, some doodling, some sketching. Some, uh, any, my f- any formal training or was this just no, kind this of self-taught? Is, well, it's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, wow. the, uh, I certainly camp was a, was a factor. There's no question that, <clears throat> that most... Uh, most people don't have an opportunity to express themselves artistically or musically 
or, or dramatically uh, until they get to camp. Surely camp, not in yeshiva, right? Not in yeshiva, no. Yeah. <laughs> not in yeshiva. Uh, it's, it's something that being in camp, I was in Camp Tarvadas uh, for a few years. Baruch Shem was the color artist. Uh, we lost. But uh, really? yeah, the, 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 the opposing artists were uh, Nita Goldbrenner and Shia Markowitz of Goldmark fame. Mm-hmm. They created a, a tremendous graphics company, uh, very successful. Um, I went my own track. And mm-hmm. so that was something which, uh, but we were together in camp, uh, being in color war. I think, uh, I believe Nuti introduced me to the first instrument that could be used as a calligraphy pen. I wasn't familiar with the thing. I was doing my own, my own studies, and uh, it was an eye-opener to me. And you could do a stroke with a, a nib, a calligraphic tool, uh, to help me create the letters that I wanted to. And then one, one part of it was the, was the art, and the music was something which is, uh, perhaps we'll get to a little bit later, which also gave, gave rise in, uh, in Camp Tarvadas. So it was an exciting period, but uh, again, that's, that, that's a hobby. But you're a bacher, and you're dabbling in art, we would say. Right. Was there a point where you said, you know what, this could really become a career, this is my passion, but maybe I could do this for a living? Not really. <laughs> it's oh. something that, uh, you know, it, I, I love doing it, but I said, how will the opportunity ever present itself uh, in art? Again, there's a... There's a notion of the starving artist. Yeah, right? exactly. The starving I was artist. Ask you. We don't talk about starving doctors or starving right. lawyers, exactly. but there is an expression, the starving artist, which almost gives um, the impression that artists are passionate about pursuing their their talent or whatever you, whatever it might be, even at the expense of making a living. Exactly, and part of it is interesting. When I some years back, um, I met someone. Who uh, who'd seen my work and different things? He'd seen some of the publications, some of the artwork. Uh, he'd never met me before, and he saw me and he said, "Rabbi Weinrib," I said, "I'm very disappointed." I said, "Okay, I thought maybe it was a piece of art that, that was offensive to him." He said, "No," he said, "You're an artist, but you're 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 normal." <laughs> what, what does that What does that mean? It's something that I think that the the impression of the artist with the with the beret and the long hair and the, and the ripped dungarees gives the impression that, and of course the sandals uh, <laughs> gives you the understanding of an artist has to be someone who's who's who lives in his own little bubble, kind of out of uh, the mainstream, exactly, and and not not being connected to reality. Uh, Parnosa can come. You can skip meals because it's just a necessary you know, evil that you have to eat, but you have to get the work done. Mm-hmm. And there's no question there is a passion about creating. It's something which is it's, uh, phenomenally exciting. And, uh, and I think when people ask me about the different types of work that I've done and the ones that are most exciting for me, it's where the, the images of Hazal and the Medrash work together with a visual image and they come together as a seamless whole. It's, it's phenomenal. And I think that, that really part of the work that I've, I hope to create is to, to give rise not to my vision of the art, but to Chazal visions of the mm-hmm. art, and, and something which is so, the imagery, the, the Misholim that you'll find throughout uh, Gemaras and Medrash and Chazal is so powerful, and they realize that the, the visual tool is something which is very, very powerful in bringing across the image. We're, when we were learning, we're learning Halacha with your father, a long time Chavrusa, and sometimes you need to visualize a concept and the imagery today of the Sfarim and Ozvahadar and, and of course Art Scroll, uh, those are the things that, that really bring it to life. When you, when you see the, the, the visual image that brings to light the concept uh, and then you write about it, so and the people say sometimes uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, 
I say really sometimes it's 2,000, because 1,000 is the picture, 1,000 is the commentary. Right. So you need both aspects to really bring it to life. But you, you bring up a good point, because anyone who's studied your art on even a cursory level sees that it's not just a nice picture. There's so much depth to it, and how you incorporate the Divri Chazal into the dimensions of the, of the artistry is really... It's really amazing. It's an yeah, unbelievable yeah, talent. It, it's, uh, it, it, it's humbling. I think that, that part of it is, and I think that really for, for people, you know, people say, I, I, see the, I saw the picture, I saw the art, it's beautiful. I said, did you read the commentary? When they say, yes, it's okay, now you got it. Mm -hmm. Then it's, it's really, it's the interplay of the two. Uh, it's been called visual medrash. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you take the understanding of Chazal and you, you give it a face and with colors, with meaning, with... Uh, and probably one of, one of the pieces which is most poignant, uh, when I did a work on Perkyavos, uh, it was a, a three and a half year work. I did the original manuscript for the Wallenitz family, and they commissioned the work for their sons, Bar Mitzvah, Bar Hashem, it was around four years away. And, and some of the pieces there, it was, it was one of the larger uh, works that I had, had done. And in, in the, the family commissioned the work, and uh, they said, okay, we, we, we negotiated all the arrangements, financial arrangements, and uh, a few months later, he said, uh, okay, can I see something that's been done? I said, I'm, I'm working on it, doing the research. He said, uh, research? And he, he was a little, okay. You know, he, he didn't understand if you're doing pictures and you're doing the, the, the writing, what, what, where's the time factor? So I said, okay, I'm working on it. And finally, I, th I think it was nine months later, I gave birth to the first piece. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a piece which dealt with the timeline of Jewish history, 4,000 years of the Masorah from Moshe Rabbeinu down to the present day, he says, okay, now I understand. Mm -hmm. And that, Because it's something that until you're involved with it, and again, the, the research to, 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 to go into the piece, uh, people ask me the tools of the trade. And I think the first, first thing that I, that I work with before the parchment, before the ink, um, are the Sforim. Mm -hmm. I go to the Sforim first, <coughs> excuse me, because the, <coughs> the parts that are most important to bring out are really, how did Chazal look at this? What was the, the message that they wanted to convey with a specific idea or, or mushal or concept or, or the visual representation sure. that I could bring to the fore? Uh, so that, that's where I started. And that, well, let's turn back the clock for a second. Mm -hmm. We were talking about your passion in your youth and your formative years for art, and then we jumped ahead to the Pirkei right. and to, to your major projects. But going back to your early marriage years when you decided to go into art what what were you doing then what were you creating and were you working by yourself were you working for someone else to talk yeah, about i started uh, i think one of the earliest uh, commissions i received someone asked my sister if i do ksubas at that time there was a there was a uh, a rebirth of the field of ksubas illuminated manuscripts uh, which which goes back hundreds of years they found instances from um, italy and beyond <clears throat> and working with Illumination. So they said, they said, your, your brother's artistic, do you do ksubas? I said, uh, um, I guess I do. So I, that was the first ksuba. I've had many people who said they had the first original Yona Weiner ksuba, but uh, only one of them is the truth. <clears throat> and, and working with that, um, I started doing ksubas, the lettering and the design around it. Of, obviously, it was much more primitive than it was now. Um, I don't have formal training. And I think that, that it's, uh, it, if anything, it's a recognition of the fact that it's a gift. It's uh, any talent. Uh, it's a matana from Akadosh Baruch To me, it's incredible. I'm looking at the Kriyas Yamsev rendition behind you. To think that this was created by someone yeah. without formal training in art is 
is almost mind-boggling. Yeah, this is this is this I worked on with the team, so I, I have to give credit <laughs> to the team as well because it's something that this was just safer schmoes was four and a half years to create the one volume, the the mm -hmm. research, the writing, and again the the artistic team that worked together with me to to help create it. Um, it's something that we in the getting the full picture of the work was you know started really with the calligraphy. Um, I guess the I have to really go back to my Rebbe in the in the field who I looked up. To, uh, when I was in Kolel, Kolel, you understand, doesn't pay a very great salary. My wife almost, right. almost teaching uh, at the time. And so I had to supplement the, the income. So I did calligraphy, and I did monograms, and I did the uh, ksubas. And uh, the, the first direction that I had, I believe, was from Art Scroll Printing Corporation. I consider him my Rebbe uh, in the field. He, he was a person with tremendous vision. Uh, and he was artistic also. Some people don't know that he was an artist as well. But it was something that he had this appreciation. Uh, and Rabbi Shia Brander, who's the, the, uh, the goan of graphics and, and Art Scroll, uh, was working at the time as well uh, with, with Art Scroll. But I, I, I was working as a, an invitation broker, uh, dealing with creating the, the calligraphy for the Hebrew. At that time, it wasn't something that the, the fonts did not exist uh, the way they do today. And we should clarify, this was not Art Scroll publications. Yes, it was Art Scroll Printing Corporation. Art Scroll Printing Corporation, yes. which was the precursor right. to Art Scroll and, and the, a company that was creating uh, wedding invitations, Wedding ksubis, invitations, bar mitzvah invitations, bar mitzvah invitations, uh, ksubis, illuminated manuscripts. So a lot of the, the, the foundation of the work that I'm doing today was based on Art Scroll Printing Corporation. Roy Mayer Zlatowicz wow. was the one who created that, that foundation. Uh, Elliot Schwartz was the person who took over afterwards. And um, I took in a little taking a little detour when I uh, was doing the, the artwork. I did the, the ksubas and I did, came the, for the uh, approbation of Rabbi Zlatowicz is the work up to par for our scroll standards. And Baruch Hashem, it, uh, it, met the, it met the standard that they were looking for in terms of being able to be used as an invitation broker. But uh, could that be parnosa? So I went to school, um, I got a degree and I, I worked in the field. I worked in the gutter for a number of years, but I was always doing projects on the side, mm -hmm. uh, ksubas and things, freelance. But how does that translate? Um, at one point, when I realized that the, the field that I was in in social work, uh, work, I was working for the Aguda, which was a beautiful experience as well, but that might not translate into a Parnassa. So I spoke to the people at Art School and I said, I'm looking to move into the field of art uh, on a more practical level and I'm, as, a, as a, an employee. And I, I went to Art School Printing and I asked for a, for a job there because they knew my work from before. Uh, Rabbi Meir Zlanowitz was at the transition point, this goes back to 76, just at the point of going to Masora Publications and creating uh, Megillus Esther. I, I recalled uh, to Rabbi Meir that I remember coming into his home one time, he lived on East 14th, not far from where I lived, and I saw a table full of books on Megillus Esther. This must have been, I, I, I was touched at the fact that he even allowed me to come in, though their schedule was incredible to right. create this... Uh, this first of all of the major publications of Mars Girl. Uh, and so you actually remember when Reb Meir was writing his commentary, yeah, it was like, Lilo Nishmas, Reb Meir Fogel, yes, exactly, yeah. the very first Art Scroll book. Right, and it was something, that, you know, the, the book was, there was a, a I'm not sure if it was a typewriter or computer uh, that was there, but, but the, the books were there, this is, and the, the Rebbe and all of this, the person who I think is with the vision and the clarity and the artistic skills uh, was Reb Meir. So when I, when I looking for a job, so I came back to our school and I said I wanted to work there. And uh, I worked as a general manager 
and designer for f practically four years. Uh, being in the company, there was artistic creativity. It was, couldn't be better. They had the, the business part of it also. We designed invitation catalogs and, and wedding invitation catalogs, uh, bar, bar mitzvah, New Year's cards, and we created the, helped create the line, and I worked it. It was a very, very fulfilling uh, responsibility to be there at art school and to, to have the creation. But, you know, at one point, the, uh, the artistic and creative urge has to work in conjunction with everything else in life. Um, it was after our sixth child, so I spoke to my wife and I said I was, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling fulfilled coming to Manhattan. Manhattan was a challenge of its own. As a, mm -hmm. People know coming in every day and having to be there before the, the other employees are there and, and leaving afterwards. And, the, and, and, I, and there wasn't enough time for the learning that I wanted to do and the uh, being active and their full, full, being fully immersed in the field of art the way I wanted to. I had a wonderful relationship with, with Art School and I, uh, I, I said I, I need to go on my own. And it was, uh, and it was I think the one who I give the most credit to is my wife, Shalom. It was something that probably she believed in me more than I did mm -hmm. on myself. And it was something that she said, okay, we'll do it and we'll make it work. And uh, it was a challenge, okay, the first day when you're on, okay, what happens today? How, how will we uh, put the food on the table? The family right. can is growing. And uh, we said, we still do different things. We'll work with the monograms and invitations and Xubis and the design. And Hashem will, will, will guide us. And there's no question that, that the Seattle the Shemaya was, was there from the beginning. Um, I think that the one pivotal moment probably in the transition from working at Art School and working on my own was really a referral that Art School had made. So that just that attests to the fact that we, we left Berkshem on very, very good terms and I would work together with them. There was a family that was working for their son's bar mitzvah. Their oldest son was becoming bar mitzvah. <clears throat> they wanted an artistic uh, representation for, the, for his bar mitzvah, which would be taking place in Shabbos Barashas. And uh, they, were, they got some different sketches from one of the other uh, invitation brokers at Arts Girl. And they didn't have the look that they were looking for. So they came back to Elliot Schwartz and said, what do we do? He said, speak to Yona. He's been here. Contact him. He can help you with the, so the design. And uh, perhaps you can get something that's more uh, in concert with what you're looking for in an invitation. And I designed something. And Baruch Shem, I was the, the meeting was, was, was wonderful. It was Debbie and Elliot Gibber, uh, who were the ones who I designed the invitation for their son's bar mitzvah. And they were thrilled, Baruch Hashem. They were very excited uh, with the outcome. And when we finished the invitation, Baruch Hashem, they said, okay, what do you have for a venture? So I told them, I said, I have a dream. And my, my, uh, my vision of a venture was, you know, there were, this was before a lot of the art ventures came out, and there were the things on the market, but they weren't graphically attractive. There, mm -hmm. there wasn't anything which, which made it stand out, and certainly they were all black and white. And I said, I have a vision of creating a venture with with some commentary, we, 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 uh, and, and again, it was a question of finishing all of the 32 pages of the illuminations, the original illuminations, in less than four and a half months. Wow. And, it was, uh, and I worked very assiduously. Uh, I worked together with uh, Terrace Bindery. They, they took care of the publication aspect of it because it, it was impossible to deal with both the actual work and the writing and the, and the creating uh, together with the, the publication. And Baruch Shem, at the, uh, this goes back to 1986, the first, uh, then it was called Judaicraft, Judaic Illuminations Venture, came out with the illumination and the artwork, and there were little micrographic designs going right, around sure. it, which touched on the different measures, and I explained them 
in, in, a, in a brief synopsis at the end of the venture, but really that was the first venue uh, that I had to, to reach the community at large. It's so interesting how that design kind of became your identity with the designs on the side and your little commentary right. and, you know, the small nuances. It's called the Manuscript Chiron. Manuscript the, uh, Chiron, right. right and, sure. and, and part of it is <clears throat> that, that we were looking, and I was looking, again, I wasn't the branding, but I didn't know what branding was all about <laughs> at the point, but it was something that the style of the, the antique flavor uh, and, of course, Chazal. They, they, were, they were there uh, in every step of the way, and HaKadosh Baruch who directed me uh, with it to the Giver family, Baruch Shem, the Siyat Shemaya, to create the first work. And Baruch Shem, once it, uh, it reached the market, that was a Hebrew-only edition, we did a Hebrew-English edition for the next son, and Baruch Hashem, that helped tremendously. What was the feedback like? Because this was, was something was, original people had yeah, never seen before. Baruch Hashem, it was, very, it was very, very exciting. It was humbling. It was something that people saw something uh, to be able to publish a work uh, was something which was, was, was a novelty. You know, you, you have, that's why with, with artists, and I guess part of it is uh, a lot of artists, they're, they're creating work in their studio and they're hoping that someone will, will buy it. The, I guess the advantage I had, this is all commissioned work, which mm -hmm. I mean, I knew at the outset that before the, uh, the work could be done, it was something hopefully to cover uh, the costs of the, of the project. And uh, the, the, um, there was another work that I, that I did, also, which also the first large project besides the, the, the venture, I did a Haggadah in memory of the Holocaust, which is a, for me was a very, very uh, personally satisfying piece. My, my father and mother had gone through the Holocaust and they were survivors. And it was commissioned by a survivor and I worked together with another colleague, David Wander, and we worked on the, the piece. He had seen my work at a, an exhibition at the Yeshiva University Museum on Ksubis. And he was looking, he didn't do calligraphy, he did the artwork for the work. And he was looking for a calligrapher to do the second part and to also deal with some of the commentary, which was exciting for me also. Mm -hmm. It was the first real venture into tying together the themes of Avdus and Cheros and Holocaust and, and redemption uh, and putting it together. And we published a, a regular edition and a limited edition uh, at the time. And Baruch Shem, we had an exhibition in Yad Vashem in the oh. museum. It was very, Baruch Shem, very well received. But it, it, was, it was something, for me, it was another opportunity to create. And uh, it, was, it was exciting because projects, I think, have a beginning and an end, which is some, sometimes if you're just doing a, a work uh, in the, uh, on, a, on a specific, on, on open-ended artwork, you don't get a chance really to see the, 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 the sense of closure as seeing a mm -hmm. pro project being brought to completion. But basically, you were going at this point from project to project based on whether someone commissioned you to do it? Was right, it, right. That, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't doing fundraising at that point right. to try to find sponsors. It was something that, that was, and again, it was tremendous say after the Shmaya. That I think it would, it, it would sound like it would be risky also because between project and project, you still have to put food on your table. Right, and, right. and uh, you know, if there's a lull in the action and you don't have something coming up, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that was a challenge you grappled with. It was a challenge for sure. Again, the, and the, and as the family starts growing, you know that the needs uh, keep sure. growing together with it, the tuitions and everything. Um, it was really Seattle Shemaya from, from, from day one. It was something that there are other projects, and the, each, each one, it's interesting, the, the history of how the Perkyavas started uh, was, was really an outgrowth of the venture. It was the, the Walnuts family was marrying off one of their children, mm -hmm. And uh, they were in, on the Lower East Side get, waiting for the talus to be uh, readied by the, by the manufacturer. And while they're waiting, so Mr. Wallace was uh, perusing the bookshelf and he pulled out a volume and it was the manuscript Chiron. 
Mm-hmm. And it said, commissioned by Debinella Gibber. He said, oh, this guy does commissions, okay, so let me talk to him about, about the, the work. And uh, Baruch Shem, that's how that project wow. uh, evolved. And uh, the, 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 uh, another art scroll shidduch in terms of the, uh, the work was the, the, the work on the Bar Mitzvah. It was originally called the, uh, uh, the work of the bar, the bar Mitzvah Treasury dealt with the concept of Bar Mitzvah. And the Rennert family um, was be, having their, first, their, their son being Bar Mitzvah. And they came to Art Scroll and they said, we wanted to work on this project. And we want, I guess, the commentary, the, the understanding, the, the messages together with artwork. And they said, you know, they had one of their friends, I believe it was uh, Mr. Lewis Glick, and they said, who do you know who can, who can do this? And uh, someone had known my work. And they said, speak to Yona Weiner. But I was in the middle of doing the work on the Perkyavas. It was such an exciting project, I didn't want to give it up. So I worked together with, with Yaakov Salman and we, we created that as a book. So it mm-hmm. also, helped um, my introduction to the Renard family. Uh, they're, they're phenomenal people and, and philanthropists and people who understand the beauty of Jewish education. And uh, later, when I, wor- when I worked on other projects, besides their, for each of their simchas, the benchers and the ksubas and things that I did for their personal simcha, when it came to do the time, the, the work on the, the Illuminated Torah, which is a huge project, uh, that became something which I was involved with them as well. Interesting, two interesting questions that I, I wanted to ask you. Um, I should mention, you know, we, I grew up davening in the same shul as Rabbi Weinrib uh, in Agudas Yisrael Snifzich and Shmuel, sitting with my father a row ahead of, of you and, and getting to watch your family grow and, and always admiring your work. And, uh, you know, when people mention Rabbi Yona Weinrib, I was always able to say, what do you mean? I daven in the same shul. But um, having this type of vocation, which is not a nine-to-five job. How, how do you decide when to do the work, how to do the work? I mean, you could wake up in the morning, come back from Shachar's and start writing art and write the whole day and write the whole night. How do you kind of dictate when to do it? And Is there a schedule to it? Does an artist just draw and draw and draw? Is there, is there a mahalach? Yeah, there is, there is a mahalach. Um, it's, sometimes it's non-stop. Sometimes there's seven days a week, which I can be working on a project, in Matzi Shabbos, of course, right. uh, on a project. The, the Illuminated Torah, which was commissioned by the Tesla family, uh, which was, uh, again, it was a four and a half year work just on Sefer Shmos, and, and we're working with a team. Uh, the, it, was, it was a beloved project. The, the Teslers uh, went through the war also. They went through the Holocaust. And this was a person, uh, Mr. Naftali Tesler, was on in his years, and each of the families owned one of the Pirkei Avos editions, limited, we did a limited collector's edition of the Pirkei Avos, and they said they wanted to do something for perpetuity. It wasn't something that they wanted for their, some people like to have things for their personal collection, but Mr. Tesler said, we have to teach it to generations, and the Baruch Hashem, uh, he understood that it was, there was, a, it was an investment of time and self uh, and the resources to make it happen. And we met, and uh, we started the project. It came at a very uh, challenging time in my life. Personally, there was, my son wasn't well, and, uh, but Hashem said, no, this is something which has to go on, has to be done. We have to perpetuate the concepts. Uh, and it was a lot of work, and it was tremendous uh, an involvement of, of self. Uh, the research was exciting, the sketching, the designing, the working with the, with the artists was, was very exciting. And as things started to come together, um, I said, this is so much bigger than me. It's, some, it's, ha, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. And uh, yeah, there, there are long hours. There's no question sometimes that one in the morning I would find myself you know, continually uh, keeping up with the, with the process because I, I wanted to see this come to fruition. Uh, 
and uh, it was an amazing uh, thing where the different parts came together. And as soon as I finished Sefer Shmos, I said I have to. Well, I started with Sefer Shmos. Brachus uh, was almost daunting. It was something that uh, I was concerned about. Brachus and the Bria. Uh, so I started with Shmos, the foundations of Amuna. And it's interesting that in this particular project, um, I did something which I had never done before. I went to Gedolim, uh, both in America and Eretz Yisrael, to get their Haskama, written and verbal mm-hmm. Haskama on the, was, on the project. I was going to ask you about it because some people will say that you know you're doing something creative and revolutionary when you have detractors. And I always wondered, what, were there any people who ever said, Rabbi Weinrib, great work, but taking, taking Torah and taking Divrei Chazal and, and, and uh, making pictures, and you, you ever have anyone who, who questioned whether this was the right way to go in terms of Jewish education? Yeah, there were, there, were, there were people who sometimes would look at, I, I'm very careful, and I've spoken to Rabbanon before I started the work, uh, there's no picture of Avram Avinu, everything is from behind. You won't find pictures of the, of the, of the Avos and the uh, Moshe Abenu. They're too great. We can't, we, we minimize their stature if we try to create, this is what Moshe Abenu looked like, and this is what the Avos, and it's, it's hard because educationally you'll find all of the, the workbooks and the, and the uh, books that the children have, very often there will be pictures of the, of the Elvis. They need that, so there's a balance. I felt in my work, um, in some ways, we couldn't do it. So that's really why I went to the Gedolim. And, I, and one, there was one, one Rav, uh, particularly when I, when I was doing Bracious, he said, Bracious with pictures? I said, I don't know, maybe just do the text. I said, I won't sell. <laughs> Bracious has to, you know, the vibrancy of the Bria, and uh, it was something that, he said, I don't know, go ask what they say in Eretz Israel. And this is our, I already had some Haskamas. I had finished Sefer Shmos uh, beforehand. And I went to Rav Mechli Hudalefkowitz, who was one of the gdolim in education. Uh, and, I, and I sat down with him a number of times to show him the different pages that I was doing, pages on Bracious and Shmos. And he gave me a beautiful, warm Haskama and Divri Bracha on the project. I went to Rav Yaakov Hillel, who, by the way, is himself was an artist. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's a... Again, Baruch Hashem, the world has him in a different capacity today as one of the gedolim in the Sephardic community. Uh, and I spoke to him. He also gave me Divrei Bracha and Rav Don Segel. Also didn't give me a written haskama, but he gave me a verbal uh, appreciation of the work. And again, Rav Nassim Svi Finkel, Rav Moshe Shapiro, Zechrom Laracha, uh, Rav Shmuel Birnbaum gave me the last haskama Bechayev, uh, and Rav Belsky also. The last written haskama, I believe, uh, Bechayev was from Rav Belsky about the project. And really... People said, like, you need gedolim attesting to your ability in art. I said, that's not what it's about. It's using art as a tool to teach Torah. Mm-hmm. And it was something that, that uh, and the, in Baruch Hashem, we have a collection of different um, letters from, from uh, Rav Malkiel Cutler, Rav Lachayim, and Rav Kamenetsky, and Rav Ram Shur. Uh, and and they, they understand that we live in a very visual world. And the problem is the, the world that the world is seeing today is not, very, not what we want them to see. And, the, and they understood the gedolim, and with their approbations, understood that when you're taking something like Torah and packaging it in a way that there can be appreciation of not just the artwork, but the content comes to life, uh, it's very enriching and very rewarding for me. Now, before we get to your music and other creativity, I wonder, in the world of writing, there's a concept of writer's block. A writer just, it's not going. In, in the world of art, is there such a concept of, as artist block where you sit down sure. and, and it's just not going? And what, what's, your, what's your solution? What do, what do you do? You go back to the books. I think sometimes it's, it's chazal, really. I was, it's interesting when I was working um, with 
uh, David Wander, we, we work on the Haggadah, and later we were discussing different things, and he saw some of the different publications that we had, and he said, like, where do you get your ideas from? I said, it's all there, it's in the books, let's learn. And we started learning together. He was doing the work on, on Sefer Yona, which we subsequently published as well. Uh, and he, we started learning together. We, he was living on the, on the, in, in Manhattan. We were learning an MTJ, Sefer Yona, uh, to get some different concepts of Chazal that ultimately he used in his work, and I worked, used in mine as well. So it's something that there, there, is, there can be a block, and uh, sometimes you have to get the... Uh, I guess the, the, the visual draino to get the, get get past it. And going back into to Chazal, sometimes you'll you'll go, go into the, the concepts and you'll see it comes together and when, when it's a, it's something it's it's a phenomenal fusion of the, the visual and the intellectual and the spiritual because there's a very, very uh, important spiritual component in the art. And I think that's something that people say I was inspired by the art. They said, you know, you think, what does it mean, inspired by art? How, do you, how are you inspired by art? I think it's really, it's not the art. It's, it's really, it's the vision that we're giving them, hopefully, the, the glasses to be able to see what did Chazal mean? How do you un- understand? There's a concept in, in the Pirkei Avos, for example, of Olu HaMazel, that one this world is like an interchamber before the world to come. So how do you depict, you know, this world and the world to come? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal concept but this world I depict as a sukkah, the temporary dwelling. And I use the, the vision of Chazal to say that's what this world is all about. We're, we're, we're here for the period of our existence. But there was a sukkah in the world to come as well. The way you're building your sukkah down here, that's really will be your eternal reward in the world to come as well. And I, and I work with the different images and it came together, uh, I think in the, in, the, in the synthesis of the artwork together with the writing and the, uh, and the messages of Chazal to really make it happen. Now many people may know that your art is not limited to the creativity of your hands, but that uh, y- you were involved in music uh, early on. Talk about your creativity, your compositions, your singing. Uh, some people may not know it's a different generation, <laughs> different time, you know, and, and music changes. So talk about that. When did you first get involved in music? It's uh my my father used to sing. We used to again growing up in the uh, in the aura of Rameir Shapiro's Bracha, So Libi Bisari, which is one of the classics from Rameir Shapiro, that was sung at our Shabbos table almost every Shabbos. There weren't a lot of Zemiros, but I remember that was one of the classics from uh, my childhood that I remembered, and it was it was important to him to make that connection to bridge the the generations uh, through music. Uh, that was one part. But again, it wasn't something which was uh, formal. I, I uh, picked up guitar uh, in my high school years. And I started composing. When once you you know you play a little bit, Hashem Lokei Yisrael was one of the earliest compositions, and it, uh, it found the favor in you know, in the in the uh, in the world of Yeshiva. Hashem that's it. Yeah. And late, later, uh, Dov Dov uh, used it also for the uh, right. song about Rabbi Kiva. It was on the Suki and Din Kumsitz album later on, yeah. if you remember. Well, we, I yeah. guess you know that you've. Uh, You've made a mark sometimes when it's something which is which comes comes out later, years later. Right. You say, I never heard this before, but it's something which really comes comes back. Uh, and camp and camp really, uh, we had the opportunity to to share some of the the, the musical messages. I, I came to camp. Um, I had never gone to camp as a camper, which is which is uh, again growing up out of town, and uh, it was expensive. You know, being able to go from there to there. So we, we did whatever we had to uh, in in Connecticut. But when the opportunity presented itself in Camp Tervadas, 
uh, and someone asked me to be, become a counselor. I said, okay. I didn't know what it involved, but uh, I came to camp the, the first day not knowing almost anyone. I knew maybe one or two other people in the camp, and I heard the strumming of guitar. Uh, my friend Yaakov Salm was involved in music, and they were working on a night activity for the first night, trying to come up with some things. And I said, guitar, I can play a little guitar, and I came along. And we sang, and I was night activity for the first night, uh, and then we developed a relationship. Uh, from there, Simchaton was one of the earlier albums we had done. This goes back in the 70s. So Simchaton was a group, right? Started in Camp Tervedas. Started in Camp Tervedas. Right. You? Myself, uh, Yaakov Salman, Bensi Schechter, that was the vocals. Uh, Hetzi Hassenfeld did the, was involved in the music. Sim Gabriel Shalom was involved in the drumming. Shalom Lone Brown, both in terms of playing and compositions. So it was a camp production. It was nothing. Uh, it doesn't come up to the the uh, compositions that are uh, done today and some of the productions with with full full fledged orchestras. But it was uh, our our musical statement for the time. It was something which was. Uh, it was fun. We, we enjoyed uh, working together. It was something and some that, of your compositions appeared on yeah, there as well? Yeah, some of the compositions were, were, were mine. Uh, and again, the, sometimes if it stands the test of time, that's a, that's a very favorable uh, approbation you get from the world at large. Because and again, how, many, how many albums did you produce? We did two, two albums. Two albums? Uh, Simple Tone One Vaharenu, which was a song by, that Yaakov Shkweki uh, used and Avram Fried used. Uh, that was something which also found its time. And there's an, another element, and I guess this is where the writing uh, worked together with that as well, that um, Jep was coming out with a number of records at the time. And uh, Yosef Chaim Golding and the Nachman Golding were working on, on albums. And again, it was at the time, it was something which they said, albums to raise money for, for Tzedakah, for Kiro? They said, it's not going to happen. They made it happen. And it was something that they... Uh, they asked me to work on the song One Peaceful Friday Night, which is one of the, the, the uh, main, main songs of the, of the album, and I did part of the lyrics uh, mm-hmm. for that, and I did a number of other songs to show my children. Uh, the Master Artist is a song sure. which was composed later. And uh, it, was, it was, again, the, the creativity, it, 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 it's, it's not me. It's Akadosh Baruch who was given a gift of whether it's the art, or the music, or the writing. And he says, okay, this is, this is your, your palette. It's mm-hmm. a different palette for mm-hmm. everyone. Use it. And, and the, this is the Kabet Hashem Honecha is from the possessions that we have, the talents, whatever we have. Uh, if we can craft it, if we can fine-tune it, we can make it something which can be used for Avodah Hashem. And at any level, I think that's something which is a very, very powerful You're, you're talking about older songs coming back. Our good friend Donnie Gross, right. who appreciates the older music, put out a beautiful album last year with Baruch Levine, off the record, I think One Peaceful Friday Night is on there. One Peaceful Friday Night and, and, and the Dove Dove song is there And also. the Dove Dove song <laughs> is there also. It's, it's, it's refreshing. It must be for someone like you where music from decades ago is, is, is getting a rebirth. And Vaharenu. Ki Yatohu you know, the, the, beautifully. A, song <laughs> like, a song like that, which, yeah. uh, you know, like you mentioned, was on Avram Fried's Around the Year. And then on Shwaki Bisiris, for that to get a, a, a new life is must be a, a, such a satisfactory feeling for a comp- for a composer. It's, it stands the test of time, and I think that t- today the you know, sometimes you go to Chas and say, "What are they playing?" It's, it's something right. we, we had recently. We had a Kumzitz, Some of the oldies uh, got back together. We called only oldies. We'll invite you to the mm-hmm. next one. It's Hashem. Shabbos, Matzah Shabbos Nachmus, Yakasalan, myself, Rachmiel Milstein. Uh, Bera Liner, Avrami Flam, these are names that 
the later generations probably never heard of, but, uh, and, and of course, Ellie Cohn on the music, doing, uh, mm -hmm. doing the music. And uh, my son-in-law, Ellie Malach Adler, was also a phenomenal musician, sure. uh, got together. And they were, again, it, was, it, was, it wasn't for any for publication. It was mostly the families and people who heard about it. You got together, only old songs, only oldies. And it was something that, it was refreshing because it was something, it goes back to an era. And I think that very often that the music is a reflection of the times. Like one of the songs, one song which you had, the, the title song on the second album, Keeping Watch, was a reflection of what was happening in Soviet Jewry at the time. And uh, very often when, when the, 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 I did the music, I did the, the music and the lyrics uh, for Keeping Watch, and it reflected about a child growing up in Russia. And that was the, the, uh, the statement of the day, the struggle for Soviet Jewry, and the music, in some cases, reflected that. After the Six-Day War, the Rabbi Sons, of course, they were our icons, uh, they, they, they developed music, and very often some of it was a, was a reflection of Kalalam Kulo Geshetar Ma'ot to some of the wars, the, the Yom Kippur War, uh, and the, the, the freshness of the music, uh, the, their harmony, which is, again, something which we, we were very taken by, uh, is something which is so, so important because it just gives another dimension. So the, the music, the art, the writing, uh, when you confuse them together, and it's really, each one of them is a challenge and responsibility to take them and, and to use them properly and to recreate something which is for Kvot Shemayim. Well, you, you've used both of those talents remarkably. I should just, to go back to Vaharenu for a moment, we had an interesting thing happen over here at Art School when Yaakov Shweki visited, nice. and we were walking through the bindery and the warehouse, and he told me this interesting tidbit, which ended up going viral. I'm sure you had a, uh, you chuckled when you heard it, but for those who, who didn't hear it, basically he recounted how when he was recording his, his Cyrus Kumsitz album, uh, they chose songs that he appreciated and his producer, Yaki Briskman, they chose really beautiful songs. And one song was Vaharenu. They recorded it in the studio. They didn't know who the composer was. And they were coming to the end of production. And... Hashkacha had it that punk that night, uh, Yaakov's aunt had called him to go sing for a family. Happened to be your wife, Allah to go sing for her and your mishpacha. And there he is in your home singing this beautiful song. And then he says, by the way, you know, I, this is going to be on my upcoming album. And I don't know who the composer is. And there you are sitting there, the composer. So, you know, the Rabbani Shalom brings things together in an amazing fashion that... Uh, just an interesting tidbit each, about that song. Each step of the way, it, 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 it's you know, part of the, the journey uh, in art and, and in music and the writing. It's something that, that I, you know, I found that when I started publishing uh, and working with, with Art Scroll, again, we, we, we have our own company, Judaica Illuminations, but that's, that's the, the art component. But again, you want to bring it to the world. And Art Scroll has been, look what they've done. It's, it's amazing. Rameir Zlanowitz, now we're of Gedalia, has taken the reins of, of, uh, of the Torah majesty and being able to bring it to the next generation. And for people, uh, we were growing up, you know, when, when the first Art Scroll publications came out, with, with Megillus Esther and the other Megillus in, in succession mm -hmm. and the amount of work that I know Reb Meir, he did the writing uh, together with Reb Nossin, also another Rebbe of mine in, in terms of the, the literary artistry which, he, which he's created. Um, it's something which is, it was so refreshing to the generation that nothing like this has been done before. And they talk to the people <clears throat> who, who could appreciate the mm -hmm. fact that we need somebody that talks to us. People, right. the Bali Chuvo, who didn't have access 
And I think part of it is they were mining treasures, and they, they understood that the taking the works of Chazal, the, the things that we had access to from, from our years in yeshiva, and making it accessible to them, uh, it was such a gift to the, you know, the art school revolution has been something which sure. is, and you know, we were there at the beginning, we saw the initial stages of, I, I, I'm, I'm humbled to count Reb Meir as a, as a mentor and friend. Listen, you, you and Reb Meir's Lattards were clearly kindred spirits, because right, right. both of you recognize that if you're putting out works related to Taira and Yiddishkeit, they have to be works of perfection, of beauty, uh, representing right. Yiddishkeit and Taira in the, in the most exalted exactly. and, and sterling light. Yeah, and so, I, th- I think that, I think that the, the, the vision that he had for what Arsenal was is something that, that there's no question that it's, it's affected my work. Again, mm-hmm. in the terms of the, and even though a lot of the works, uh, the initial Arsenal works, <clears throat> only had perhaps a, a, a full color cover, but the text itself was, was a text. I hope to give it the dimension when I started working in full color. Um, my first address in terms of distribution was Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to Mayor, and then when I had done the Perky, I was in the larger edition, but I said, but it's something which is a collective edition of 613 copies, but we have to bring it to, to the Hamonam. And we published uh, one of the first publications I did besides the Bar Mitzvah book was on, was on the Perky in a smaller edition to make it accessible for the community at large. And each of the publications that I've done, Baksham, we have 18, close to 20 publications that I've done. And Art Scroll is the address for distribution because it's something that they, they understand the appreciation of the, uh, the art and the writing. Uh, the marketing is something which is there. And there's a mission. And, and Rav Gedalia has, has taken the, the reins of Art Scroll and continued it. And it's something that being able to reach the, the community at large is something that, uh, that it's, that's, it's so important. And one thing which I think also which they've uh, harnessed is the ability of people to partner together with them in their works. And the, and the shot and scene edition is something which is, uh, the Gemara is such an incredible project that they've taken on, but people have worked together with them, and it's the families that are they're creating a legacy. And again, my, my mental drawing board of different projects that I have, um, hopefully it'll be coming out. There are other things, and, and again, it's the, the vision of people that understand that to create a work, the, uh, the research, the writing, the artwork, the production, the, the, the culmination of all the different aspects coming together uh, need the support of people with vision. Without, and and Rameyer understood that bringing them together on, on board, and really he created the model of Art Scroll, of having families uh, join them in the work, because it's, it's a legacy for Klai Yisrael. Now you speak of your mission. What, what's your mission today? You, can I know, like you mentioned, 18 to 20 works impacting Jews all around the globe in, in, in such a creative way. What's next for Rabbi Yona Weinrib? There, there are other parts. We'd like to finish the series uh, both on the Megillus. So far we're, we're republishing the Megillus Esther. Uh, the Gindi family in California commissioned all five original manuscripts of the Megillah, which means that I work together with a sofer. Uh, I'm a calligrapher, not a sofer. There's no artistic license in, in the, in the in, in Safras, but uh, working together with all the illuminations around that. So we've published so far Megillus Esther, uh, Shira Shirman Rus, and we'd like to be able to finish the, the, the collection of that. Working with the Chumash as well, uh, Sefer Bracious and Sefer Shmos, that come out. We came out with smaller editions as well. Um, I've heard from Rabbeim that we'll use sometimes the images uh, from that. We like to use it educationally. Mm-hmm. Torah Masora is, is, a, is a phenomenal resource in terms of reaching people 
and we're hoping to do some of the work together with them to create the different ven venues and avenues so that you can take the, the work in an artistic form together with the, the messages so that you can really bring this to the community at large. And there are other projects that hopefully will we'll see the light of day that uh, they have, you know, have envisioned and put together sketches. And I mean, the, the shidduch will work out to create it and hopefully make it happen. Now you said before, Kabid Hashem over the past four and a half decades, you've utilized these God-given gifts, whether in terms of art, writing, music, whatever Hashem has allowed you to, these mediums to reach people. You've done a, a remarkable job. And uh, I offer my Berchus Hadid to continue to utilize your, your many talents to touch people, to inspire people, to uplift them. And you should be able to continue to create such creative projects for many years to come. Amen. It's with the Sheva Faidot Baruch Each Each time I'm able to finish your project, uh, it's a Shechianu. It really is. It's, it's a tremendous Hakarsha Tov Takarish Baruch Hu. My mother, Allah Shalom, wanted to be an accountant. To be an accountant, again, it's not, I said, Ma, it's not going to work. It, it's, I have a creative uh, spark and the soul that uh, hopefully will go together with it. But accounting was not going to be the, the way I was going to be uh, taking it. And I think that part of it is that when a Kaddish Baruch Hu allows you uh, to take the, your inborn traits and the, and the gifts that he's given you and to challenge something that, that I love what I'm doing. It's something that it can't be more rewarding. Uh, when I, my, my children, of course, they're my originals. Uh, but the, the publications that we're doing that and allow people to see not not the artwork of Yonah Wanyu, but the artwork, the artwork of Chazal, the, artwork, the beauty of Torah. When they're seeing it coming across, hopefully they way together with the writing, and I, I sure hope that they will read the, the commentary as well, uh, hopefully it'll be uplifting, and they'll have an opportunity to see that and use that. And we're all working together, as with Art School, to be Marvel Poet Shemayim. Amen. Thank you again for coming. My pleasure.